The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot at the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, L. Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. L. Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, at 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt L. Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, the, how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 219 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my Rawcast broadcast journalist, Mr. Magnum Prime. What's going on, Magnum Prime? Uh, always a pleasure to be here. Always a pleasure to have you here, man. Can't wait for your insight on this week's Monday Night Raw. And tonight, we're joined by a very special guest. He is none other than a golden eyes himself, Mr. Quintessential R. Look at look who's back like Jericho, just out of nowhere. He's been gone for, for months and just pop up. Yeah, man, it's cool to connect with you back here on the WrestleCast. Glad that you could join us this week. I'm glad to be back here. You can find the WrestleCast on the CSPN. You can find the CSPN on the web at www.cspn.us. So, guys, we got some breaking news all over the place because contracts are coming due in New Japan and things are moving and shaking. One of the definite moves that are that is happening is that Kushida is reported to be heading over to the WWE when his New Japan contract expires later this month. So we don't know if it's going to be 205 Live, NXT, or the main roster, but it's a definite that he is coming over, and uh, hopefully sometime in February or March he'll be making his debut. So I don't know if you two guys are familiar with Kushida, but he's a really good uh, you know, junior heavyweight, cruiserweight type you know, wrestler. Um, don't know what his American promo translate over to. Haven't really heard him cut a real, you know, WWE style promo in a while. But when it comes to just putting on matches in the ring, he'll definitely, you know, fit in with a lot of the guys in NXT for sure because he's wrestled a lot of those guys through ROH and New Japan and so forth. But uh, a lot of people on SmackDown too. So I'll start with Quintessential R. Your thoughts on Kushida heading over to WWE later this month? I'm trying to watch more in Kushida just because I haven't watched a ton of New Japan wrestling. Uh, but Apollo Crews didn't really do a whole lot of promos in NXT, so you know, it's not a lot that we're you know he's not gonna have to do a whole lot just just enough because the people that can talk on NXT will talk if he's not that big of a talker just yet. Uh, Apollo Crews made it. I think he can make it. All right. G-Money, you got any thoughts on Kushida uh, heading over to the States and being a part of WWE in some capacity later this month? Time for him to, to make that form. Probably be to go through NXT. 
uh, for a year or so because I, I don't I don't think he would really fit into the, the plans of either of the, the two brands right now. So I think it could give people a chance if they don't if they're not familiar with him and his performance in the ring. Um, it would be an opportunity for them to to see him perform. I agree. I have no idea what his his promo skills uh, are going to uh, translate to. So uh, I think NAC would be a good spot for him. All right. The next domino coming out of New Japan is that Kenny Omega was quoted in a story that he will be taking time away from New Japan as the story has evolved and grown uh, during the week. You know, it's all types of speculation about who he's going to sign with and where he's going to go. But there hasn't been an official statement from New Japan yet. So everybody's still kind of just waiting and seeing on Kenny Omega. But um, that kind of ties into the next story, which is that All Elite Wrestling, they announced, you know, they had their official press conference. So they, you know, announced all their major players, their, you know, uh, CEOs and, and vice presidents and, and everything like that. And then they had some talent announcements as well. So they're going to have MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. They're also going to have Pac, a.k.a. Neville, Hangman Page, of course, the Young Bucks, Cody, and Chris Jericho. It's like Chris Jericho, like the uh, uh, kung fu of of wrestling now. He just goes wherever he wants to go. He just travels the world and just like I just feel like doing stuff. He's a very smart man because he just goes around to wrestle to all these places, and he says, "Hey, let me come in and let me do something for eight months." And and for three or four of those months, two or three of the two months at a time, he might not even do anything. And then a month he'll do something, he'll give you a match. They'll take two more months off, and then a month he'll do something, and then he'll give you a match. And he slides on out to the next stop. They said they tried to say something like WWE was angry at him for for doing it because they put him in their alumni session uh, section. Like he's not wrestling anymore for them. That's kind of what happens. And I think the way, <clears throat> supposedly in all of his books, the relationship he has with Vince, I think he, Vince is kind of like, you know what? He's really done everything he can here. He doesn't really have to be here, so I'm fine with it. I, and supposedly it's kind of like him and like Vince is a father figure to him. So he's kind of like, you know, I'm sure they had a conversation about it. Like, hey, you know, kind of got this opportunity. And he's like, you know, may as well go for it. Why not? You know, there isn't really anything that we need you for here. So, you know, you may as well do it. Just go for it. But it's different when you're doing it with a, an American promotion. It may have been one thing if it was with just New Japan. But when you hear on U.S. soil, I got to think that probably Vince was a little bit upset with that. But you are right. I agree with you. He wasn't going to see the main event picture again in the WWE. So if he would have done anything, you know, it would have been a probably with the, the mid-card talent. But as competitive as Vince is, he had to have felt slighted by that. True. 
I think it's just a working relationship that Jericho's got where he's smart enough now that he doesn't do anything long term. You know, he's gotten to the point where he doesn't have to, you know, he can do this as and be as, you know, cutting edge as he wants. If he wants to, you know, do things with Kevin Owens because he likes Kevin Owens, he makes a suggestion and they go on a run and they have their mania match and then he goes and pieces out for a minute. And then he's like, mm, New Japan's kind of hot. Kenny Omega's a good wrestler. Mm, let's see if we can do something with him. Oh, yeah. You know, my friends book New Japan. The guys I like basically started up with, learned Mexico with. They're the bookers in New Japan. My, you know, one of my best friends is the announcer. Let's see what we can do over here. Pop their business. Got them, you know, all these subscriptions. Help sell out the Tokyo Dome, you know, a week ago. So, you know, he, he's just a smart businessman and he's, you know, using the 20 years that he's played, you know, got experience worth of experience that he's gotten to just make these moves and he's having fun. So good luck. To- no, he did a wrestling cruise. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Good luck to um, all elite wrestling. They announced that they're going to have the, um, the second all in double or nothing in Las Vegas. So that sounds like that should be pretty cool. So that should be a cool experience for everybody who comes and goes out to Vegas. The only thing that they did not have to announce was a TV deal or what they were going to do as far as, you know, a, a taping schedule or things like that. It was uh, they said that they're going to be offering insurance. We don't know how that, you know, is going to work as far as it's going to be everybody. Uh, they said that when it comes to the pay scale, that the guys and the girls will be paid you know, within the same tiers. So I guess they'll have an entry level tier, mid card tier, you know, main event tier. And regardless of where, what your gender is, if you're in one of those tiers, you'll get paid roughly the same. So that's something new as well. So good luck to those people. Good luck to the young bucks, Cody, the con family with this new venture, as long as they can, you know, keep some pressure on WWE and, and get them to step their game up, then, you know, it's a benefit to everybody who likes wrestling. Do you think they're going to have a TV deal or you think they're just going to do shows? Because I, I don't know. I'm it, it might, maybe for the first couple of years, they might just do show. They might do, uh, all, they're going to do the all-in show coming up. Uh, they might do, more than likely, they're going to do, you know, they're doing the show during WrestleMania weekend anyway. But I don't think that you can sustain a, a roster with a basically a spot show here and a spot show there, because then you gotta you gotta sell it out every time, and and they won't be able to do that everywhere they go. So they're gonna have to get. I mean, I know they have the infrastructure built in with the Con family's money, so they won't be necessarily hurting for the money if they don't land a major TV deal. But you know, the whole deal, the whole shebang, is to get on TV. I mean, I mean, impact is still with us. I mean, if, if we're really being honest, are you impact sure about is that? still with do you, us somehow. Do you know yeah, what the channel? Herpes, they, the professional wrestling. Do you know what channel they come on? <laughs> Good ass question. Actually, I they, think that might be the channel. Good ass question. Actually, they actually may have done the smartest thing they could have done, though. They're going to start because nobody has even heard of this pursuit channel that they're going to uh, be on. They're going to start simulcasting their show on Twitch. That's actually smart because. Yeah. Uh, Large I mean, audience. No... <laughs> <Hell>. <laughs> <laughs> I 
it's funny, but it's true. I'm dead ass serious about it. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> and that's the craziest thing, you dead ass serious, because I swear I've been like, you know what? Twitch ain't bad. There's more people that watch them than on pop shit. Yeah, so there's just there's some impact news for y'all impact fans that are out there. So <laughs> apparently, man, their homecoming pay per view was good. I listened to a review about it, and you know, it was it was got some good good, good reviews. So. I mean, like Dee Dee said, she enjoys it. She doesn't know who everybody is on there, but, you know, she says that they have pretty good matches, so I trust her judgment on that. Hey, to each his own. So, we'll get into Monday Night Raw, coming from the hometown of Mr. Quintessential R, Orlando, Florida. <sighs> Mr. Quintessential R, you were in the building, sir, so please... Tell us what happened before the show. What was the dark match? Was there a main event taping? You know, give us kind of the the temperature of the building heading into this Monday Night Raw where, you know, the elephant in the room was going to show up. Oh, well, it actually was um, a taping of main event and two of the uh, two of the young bloods coming up were actually the matches. So they put the first match was Lacey Evans versus Natalia. And Natalia, because she's the consummate professional, let Lacey get a ton of offense, like a ton. It was just like, you know, she, you know, it seemed like she felt that, you know, this is her first shot at it. So I'm going to give her all of these things. And of course, Natalia won with the sharpshooter, but you got all of it from from Lacey Evans. It was like Natalia told her in the back backstage. Do all of your stuff. I'm gonna let you do all of your stuff. Like at one point, you know, she does the ripping off of her dress that has shorts on. So uh, I think on NXT she was pulling a handkerchief out of her uh, out of her bra or whatever. She's on the show pulling it like just out of her trunks, you know, just on the inside of it, wiping her brow and throwing it at Natalia. And I mean, she actually looked really good. And you sort of go, ah. If this is her first, you know, if this is her first little feud, that's a nice person to learn from. So it was that match. And the one that blew up the crowd to start off the night was uh, EC3 versus Kurt Hawkins. And and Hawkins actually got in a ton of offense. It actually was, you know, and you had the crowd yelling NX3. There's just like, you know. He was just getting the loudest cheers uh, before the um, before uh, Raw began, and you know he gave dap to everybody and this that or the other going out. He ended up winning with the one percent, but they were really hot for uh, for uh, EC3. So I was like, I was thinking, I was like, are they gonna debut him this time? Because I mean, the crowd was really in on. Him. I heard that those were strictly so Vince could see him. Vince didn't know that Vince had never seen him wrestle live or at any point. So they have him wrestling in these because they said the heavy machinery was in the dark match in Jacksonville uh, on SmackDown that they're just kind of, you know, giving them some time to, so Vince can see him. Oh my God. Vince and that not watching anything but the main roster. My God. I understand do work. He was just like having on in the background like some of us do. It's just on. It was like glance over, but. Just the fact, because I think that was the same thing they did at, said at WrestleMania once that 
he watched NXT on at WrestleMania Access, and that was the first time he saw Sasha Banks in a lot of them. So he's just like, oh, this is what you got. Oh, let's bring him up to the main roster, such and such day. Believable. Oh, so um, we get the RIP Mean Gene graphic to start the show, and then all of a sudden, it's a brawl going on backstage between Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. And, of course, this goes back to their issues that they had during the holidays, if y'all are keeping track during the holidays. Uh, Cena then kind of, like, shows them fighting. They come all the way up, you know, out into the arena almost. Then it kind of does this fade thing. And Cena, your favorite, welcomes us to Orlando. He says, you know, Monday Night Raw is he's his house. And now this is the road to WrestleMania. Cena says he won't get left out of WrestleMania again and announces he's entering the Royal Rumble. Drew Matt comes down. He says he's been waiting for this moment for years. He doesn't care about Cena's bed partners, his haircut, or anything except the 16 world championships. That he's main event at multiple WrestleManias and that Vince McMahon calls him the greatest of all times. Drew invites Cena to check with some of the people he destroyed, including Kurt Angle. Drew wants some of John Cena. Then John says he's heard the same thing every week from every single superstar. And that's the reason he had to leave so they could come up with some different promo material. <laughs> Cena asks Drew what makes him Drew different. Drew says he'll show him. That's when things get interrupted by my man, Leo Rush. Leo's going on about how Seth Rollins is out of control and that Leo and Bobby Lashley will get a lawyer if something isn't done about Seth Rollins. Leo cancels the show until somebody does something. I thought he was about to say somebody called my mama, but he didn't quite get there. <laughs> uh, Ernest Miller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the show is canceled for about five seconds, and that's when Seth Rollins attacks Bobby Lashley again from the back, from the blind side. Dean Ambrose comes out to help Bobby Lashley, and then we get a three-on-two until Van Balor comes out. He does a flip dive onto everybody, as we head into commercial. So, guess what was next? A straight up. We're going to have a six, tag team match. A straight up six man tag team match. Player. Holla, holla, holla. <laughs> so, it's John Cena, Finn Balor, and Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. Seth grabs Drew from the outside and rolls him in. Seth then hits a super kick on Drew. Seth goes to the top rope. He flies in with the frog splash, but Drew moves out of the way. Dean Ambrose sneaks in a tag. He goes for the Dirty Deeds, but Seth Rollins escapes. We get the curb stomp to Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins gets the pin. So, John Cena, Finn Balor, and Seth Rollins are victorious. Uh, this was a long-ass match. Just- it really was. <laughs> I'm, I, it was like, every. It, I mean, everybody had to get their stuff in, and it actually was kind of cool to see Cena be the, you know, the, the Ricky Morton of it all, you know, taking a lot of the brunt. It's like, ah, we're so used to Super Cena. But it was like, oh, he was, Cena's getting his ass whooped. Cena ain't, ain't Super Cena no more. G-Money, how'd you feel about the opening to the show? You know, we've kind of, last couple of weeks, kind of not really had the 20-minute promo to set up the night. We kind of had, you know, a couple of, you know, action things going on this week. So, what do you think about Raw's opening? Uh, I mean it. It, it was okay. It was alright. <laughs> He's not gonna get too much praise out of me. Trying to, they're trying to freshen it up, man. It's a new era. 
Uh, it's a new year. <laughs> I don't know about this. It's an announcement. Thank you. Will said, sir. Will said, sir. <laughs> so Seth Rollins is celebrating, and then he sees Triple H backstage talking with Sasha Banks and Bailey. Seth decides to leave the ring, and he runs to the back. Backstage, Seth walks up to Triple H, and he slapped a cup of whatever he was drinking out of his hand. He says that he wants Dean Ambrose, he wants his Intercontinental title rematch, and he wants it tonight. Triple H says he's got it, and that falls will count anywhere. Now, uh, this is the part of the night where I just wrote Mean Gene Oakland tribute. The video was fantastic. Um, oh, it was. So, so Quantum Central R, this is the part where you can kind of fill us in. Um, they brought that gentleman back, the known on uh, camera and audio racist Hulk Hogan. Um, so, what was the reaction in the uh, in the in the arena? You know, Kevin Dunn did his best to try to show people cheering, and and they probably pumped in some sound. That's the reason why I got you here, so we can get the real deal. How was Hulk Hogan received in Orlando? To be honest, after me, uh, see, I, I have on my Instagram me flipping off the damn video screen of them showing him. Uh, but I'm I'm like yelling at the top of my lungs. I ain't forgot you racist motherfucker. <laughs> but uh, the rest of the crowd, they're they're all in. I think um, I think when I watched the replay of it on Hulu, they, it sounded like the music was louder. They were expecting booze. But there was a lot of people cheering him because he has a restaurant somewhere around Orlando. Uh, so they, you know, they all in his restaurant and this, that, or the other. So they were all cheering. I'm like, y'all actually cheering this motherfucker? Y'all forgot he was sitting up there. He hit that ER hard as hell. And he just was like, it wasn't, you know, didn't deny it at all. He's like, yeah, I said it. And, you know, they were all in. Oh, it's Hogan. Hogan. And I, I, I actually did flip off somebody later on that was in full Hogan regalia, so that's how I felt. But it was a lot of people that was actually cheering him, and I'm just like, you know, not comfortable with this at all. And I think I saw somebody on Twitter that was like, oh, Orlando, you should be nice to him. They asked was going to be nice to him because it's Florida, and they asked is racist here, too. So, you know. Yeah, that, they could have went and played the video and been fine. <laughs> that's unfortunate, man. But you know, you know they wouldn't, get, they weren't gonna, you know, keep him off of TV forever. You know, they were gonna try to find a way to to get him back on there somehow. Unfortunately, they weaseled him in with the passing of Mean Gene. But you know, they could have had Flair come out there and do the same thing, and it would have been fine. Or they could have just ran the video, and everybody would have known. Oh, you know, the good old days before we knew all the dirty laundry on Hogan. And it would have been okay. Why couldn't they have all of the wrestlers come out like they usually do for the 10 bell salute, you know, for Mean Gene and not have Hogan? That would have been fine. I would have been great with that. But they had to bring him back. Yep. And then they had the nerve to be promoting his merch on their Twitter account. Like, dang. At least, <laughs> it's like, can y'all try not to make it look so obvious? Yeah, I saw somebody on my timeline say, hell, I've been trying to get y'all to do cancer, leukemia things for Roman Reigns since he's been out. 
But this motherfucker comes back. This racist motherfucker comes back. And y'all just like, oh, we got new Hogan stuff? Come on. uh, It is what it is. I'm still going to his restaurant one day and and say it out loud. Ability to find that restaurant. When I go to his restaurant, I will put that on my Instagram. I'll do an Instagram story just off of that alone. You guys live in the Orlando area. Please have Bill money ready for Prime Central <laughs> R, please, so he doesn't have to spend more than you know four or five hours in the holding cell after he does. Look, I might get does. cheered. I might get cheered after doing. <laughs> <laughs> I might, but but considering I might be the darkest thing in there, other than the wood on the floor. So you know, it is what it is. Well, Hogan likes to tan, so you know, <laughs> might be a little closer than you think. You know what? You, you you are correct there, sir. We have a Lumberjack tag team match for the Raw Tag Team Championship between The Revival and Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Gable goes for a backslide, but Dash runs in and he gets sent to the apron. Dawson then hits an inside cradle just as Bobby Roode sends Dash towards the steps. Roode basically reverses the cradle to the side of Chad Gable now, on top, and Dawson with his shoulders to the mat. The ref counts for the one, the two. Dawson's foot is underneath the ropes, and the ref comes down with the three count, and the champs retain. So, another week, another screwy finish, and the revival is slightly better than it was, but they still not quite getting their shot. You think they're just building, building it up, building it up, for just a just a big ass fight between the revival and Rude and uh, Gable, just they're gonna keep pushing it, keep pushing it, keep pushing it, and then we get that finally get that tag team match at the Rumble that we've been waiting for, where it's no bullshit. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. They're gonna hopefully give the revival a chance to wrestle for these titles at the Royal Rumble and give them on the pre-show. I don't think that's gonna make the main show. Uh, oh, you don't think the top guys are main or worthy of the, of the main show? Uh, well, I mean, I didn't say that. Although I think the tag teams are much better on SmackDown, but no, nah, I don't see it making the main show for the, pre-show territory. For for what the revival like to do though, in the style of match, the pre-show wouldn't be a bad landing spot because they'd get eighteen minutes to do what they needed to do. Yeah. Oh. Oh wait, I forgot during the during the match. I don't know if they showed it on. I, I'm really not sure if they showed it on the Hulu version. But uh, uh, during the match, uh, I want to say Dawson actually grabbed the microphone and was like, "I've I've lived here in Orlando for five years, and it was the worst five years of my life." So <laughs> me, so. I decided to move back to Carolina. I told my wife and kids if they didn't want to come with me, they can stay here. I didn't need them. So when we take these titles, we're taking them back to Carolina with us. No, they That's didn't awful. run any of that. Oh, uh, oh, it was great. It, it, like the crowd wasn't really into the match at first. I, it was a good ass match to me. They weren't really into it. And then as soon as he grabbed the microphone and did that during the middle of the match, that crowd blew the hell out of the revival. I was like, that is just fantastic. Just the fact that him like, I'm going to leave my more wife and kids in Orlando. I'm going back to North Carolina. Smart move. Smart move. 
Elias comes out. He's here to sing us a little tune. He says that he was weeping at the level of stardom he achieved in 2018. He dropped a debut album. He sold out MSG. He plays sold out arenas all over the world. He's been to South America, South Africa, Australia, and has all brought him here to Orlando. He says there is a universal truth that follows him, and we all know it. If we thought 2018 was great, it is nothing compared to what he has in store for 2019. On January 27th, he will walk into the Royal Rumble, and he will take center stage, and he will win. He brings up Baron Corbin, and Baron Corbin comes out. He tells Elias to stop and that we can't handle another shitty performance. Just like him and all these people, they have no idea what it's like to have a job as high stress as his was. Corbin says we don't respect him. He is going to take the same path Elias is taking and he's entering the Rumble and then he's going to main event WrestleMania. Elias tells Corbin that before he even thinks about saying one more stupid word, just do us a favor and shut your mouth. So we get our match, Baron Corbin versus Elias. Unfortunately, Baron Corbin gets the win. Elias gets sent into the corner, shoulder first. Then he gets the end of days from Baron Corbin. Corbin gets the pin, one, two, three. Corbin gets his hand raised. How into the Uh, Elias was uh, the crowd here? Oh, the crowd was, was hot into Elias. I mean, all of Orlando walked with Elias. I mean, everybody was in on it, and when Baron stopped him, he got all of the heat possible. Because it just was like, you're stopping Elias. We, we're good with him. We don't need the bartender from Applebee's right now. We're good. So, to which I still wonder, what type of shirt do you wrestle in? What's the fabric of that? Is it polyester? Is it velvet? Uh, I got questions. <laughs> That thing don't rip at all. G Money, give me your assessment of Elias's "quote unquote" babyface turn so far. What you know? What type of vibe are you getting? Feeling it? You think you should maybe find a way to go back heel, or do you think they got something here with this babyface? Uh, well, I mean, I, I do think they have some because it. I mean, it has been perfect, but I mean, I I would like to see the man have like a serious run at you know maybe the. In a continental title, if he's gonna be switched to you know babyface like that, something because I do think he's been doing really good work and he's over with the crowd. Do something with him. I actually think he should be doing stuff. Um, like do some of the, the media stuff. You know, he should be on, should be going on the Tonight Show and other places. Because the guy, he he can get over with people. He could be a, a bigger star than what he is right now. You think they push aside the Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins thing for a while and throw Dean Ambrose uh, and Elias? They're going to have to because people are going to get bored of it pretty soon. Because there's only so far you can take that matchup. It's only so so dirty, so vicious that it can that it can get. And I think in down the road you're you're going to want have Seth going after the, the Universal Title anyway. So it's gotta there gotta be a blowout somewhere. Preferably sooner than later. I got Seth going being in the elimination chamber. Me and my cousin were uh were actually like fantasy booking the elimination chamber and I had uh Seth in it. And I think I I had Seth and Elias in off the top of my head. That's a pretty good call. 
We get a Dean Ambrose interview backstage. Dean is seething. He calls the six-man tag team match very unnatural. Dean says he is the only man that he trusts, and he is the last line of defense against Seth Rollins. Dean says he hasn't been having fun lately. It hurts him more than we know to have to hurt Seth. He lost everything to do what he had to do. If Seth gets the title, it's game over for all of us. He will not let that happen. He's going to burn Seth Rollins down. Heyman is backstage. He knocks on Brock's door, but he isn't let in. After break, Braun makes his way down to the ring, and of course, he wants Brock Lesnar. Heyman introduces himself, and we go split screen. Heyman points out the monster in the, points out to the monster in the ring that he is waiting for a face to face. He knows that Braun was brought up as a monster, but permit him to give him some education. He knows how much money that they have spent hyping Brock face to face with Braun, but here's a lesson from history: card subject to change. The change is for Braun's benefit. Because if he came down there not came down there tonight, he wouldn't have an opponent at Royal Rumble. He'd have just another victim. Let this be a lesson learned. No reason, Braun, to thank Brock or Heyman. You're welcome. So Braun is pissed. Brock just smirks. Braun calls Brock Beastie Boy, and he says he's waiting, standing in the ring, just waiting for Brock. Brock laughs it off. Braun says he's going to hide behind. Is he going to hide behind his advocate? Heyman says he is hiding behind Brock. Brock smiles. Braun says he's right here in Brock's ring, so why doesn't he come down? Braun wants to know if Heyman's ass ever gets jealous of all the crap that comes out of his mouth. All he's hearing is blah 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 blah. Brock is afraid of Braun. Blah 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 blah. Brock doesn't want to be face to face with the monster among men. Braun is right here, and Brock is hiding on screen like a coward. So he thanks Paul for keeping him back there, because if he came down there now, he wouldn't make it to Rumble, because everybody knows what happens when you get these hands. Heyman wonders if this is the best Braun's got. Instead of leaving, Brock decides to see what Braun's got to say. So he's heading to the ring. Brock slowly circles the ring, staring at Braun, laughing as he walks. He completes the the circle he looks at Braun and then he walks back up the ramp Braun yells at him to turn around Braun says at the rumble they'll crown him the new universal champion well check mark one appearance for this year for Brock Lesnar off the books four more to go (laughs) about four more to go yeah this was weird they, I guess, you know, with Brock, I guess, preparing to fight, he can't get, you know, he's got one physical date for wrestling left in him, and that's on the 27th, so. I mean, to be honest, do we really need uh, Brock as champion? I mean, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, they kind of just like threw him in when, of course, Reigns went out. Uh, for leukemia, with uh, his battle for leukemia, but it was like of all of the people you could have called, it just had to be Brock. For real, this is okay. All right. Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox come down to the ring with the same brothers. They ask to make peace and do their little chant, and Alicia is leading the way. 
Then Jinder goes D.O. Hughley on the crowd and clowns some people in the front row. Ember Moon, she's not a fan of this, and she cuts them off with her music. Apollo Crews comes down as well, and then we get our tag team match between Apollo Crews and Ember Moon versus Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox. Uh, Apollo Crews and Ember get the win. Ember, she comes in, she hits a, she does her forward flip and then hits the right hand. Then Ember hits the eclipse onto Alicia. Alicia with the great sale. And Apollo Crews and Ember Moon are your winners. G, yeah. they're trying to they're trying to do something with Apollo Crews, man. They're trying to they're trying to make they're giving them wins on TV. They're giving them time. Yeah, we got we got progress. Baby steps. It always starts with baby steps. So so, so you know what's next, right? I was. <laughs> This, this, this was always this is always what they did with Titus. So they get him hot, they get him going a little bit. People start recognizing or whatever. Yeah. Then he's gonna cut that in ring promo, and that's gonna yeah. make or break him, regardless of how good he wrestles, how good is he does in the story that he's trying to tell. If you can't captivate the crowd with that promo, he ain't gonna go nowhere, man. Yeah, you're right. His first good. His first good promo would be his first good promo. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody who doesn't have to worry about good promos because all her promos are good money. Alexa Bliss is here to welcome us to the first epi- the first ever episode of A Moment of Bliss. So she is set up at the top of the stage. She demands coffee in the stage hand brings her out of a dazzled coffee cup. She then shoots him away, of course, and then she wants to take a look at the year her guest has had. So after a short video, we welcome Rhonda Rousey. Alexis extends her hand out, Rhonda ignores it, and then just sits down. Alexa wants her to tell us about her exceptional year and what is next for her. Rhonda says, thank you, but this year has, this year has been extraordinary, but as the champ, she wants to look forward and not back. She says that she wants to be a champ we can be proud of, and in order to do that, she needs to chase after her limits with the vengeance. She points out someone with more athleticism in their entire body than Charlotte, a better story than Becky, the real Cinderella story, Sasha Banks. Alexa questioned this. She says she thought she was talking about her. Nia Jax comes out, pretending to puke. Nia says someone has a girl crush on Sasha Banks, and that Rhonda is forgetting about someone. Nia says Seth is getting a rematch tonight, and Nia should get one too. When is she going to get it? Sasha comes out. Sasha says that she is beyond honored for those amazing words, and it is better to look ahead. She is standing right in front of her and would love to face Rhonda for the title. It'll be her pleasure to teach Rhonda how to lose with dignity and class. Nia walks up to Sasha, making sure to say excuse me. She says, there is a 300 and a half ounce Samoan that could break your face. So get in line. She meant to say pound, but okay, we understand. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> she'd only be about 20 pounds if we literally translated that weight into what it is. Um, so uh, after Naya says that, you know, Sasha should get in line, Sasha responds, bitch, what line? Sasha says there's a ring right there and she will face Nia right now and the winner faces Rhonda. Nia takes a seat. She didn't mean right now. She isn't ready. 
And, uh, you know, it looks like her and Alexa are kind of, you know, friends again. So we do get the match. Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax. Sasha gets the win. She springs board uh, from the outside in. She gets the bank, uh, bank statement and Nia eventually taps. This match had some really good spots in it. And this match had some pretty not so good spots in it. And uh, I'm just glad. Sasha's crazy. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> glad they didn't break Sasha Banks. There was a couple of points in the match there where she did look like she could be broken. But she's she's still whole. Oh, thank God. Because my boss, baby, I, I can't have her trying to kill herself like that every doggone match. Yeah, I don't, she, she scares me. I don't know what they were trying to do on the apron. I guess she was going to do like a Hurricane Rana and land on her feet on the outside. But yeah, that's what it looked like. <laughs> that did not happen at all. And uh, she went splat. Wasn't good. Man, everybody. So it was me. Uh, my aunt, uncle, uh, my cousin, his friend, and about seven of my little cousins. The ones that didn't like Sasha Banks before. Now, they all know that I have a Sasha on my iPad. Sasha Banks is the wallpaper on my iPad. It is what it is. Anyway, uh, they were like, one of my cousins was like, oh, who is that? Looking at my iPad. I said, that's Sasha Banks. And then he's like, Who? After that night, he was like, Sasha Banks was saying that stuff for me. I'm like, see, now now you want to jump on the Sasha train. Now you want to jump with Boss Babe. You can't just jump on the train. You you didn't even know who that was. But when she said that line, man, the entire crowd went crazy. And I'm sitting in the sitting in my sitting in my seat, jumping up, going, bars, bars, bars. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I was, uh, it, it really made, I almost caught whiplash. I looked up from my phone so fast because I was tweeting something and I was like, what? I was like, oh man, that's the best 30 seconds uh, they uh, have Sasha had on TV in like two years. That's that's like NXT Sasha. I was like, oh, that's the legit, that's the legit one. That ain't, that ain't Sasha. I'm nice. I'm happy to be here. That's me. That's her letting you know, look. I am the legit boss up in this. Uh, when she said that, I was like, I wasn't expecting it. I thought she was going to say, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'll stand in line. And she's like, nah. Uh, bitch, what line? Like, st- you stay in line. I don't stay in line. Like, oh, oh, this is what we're doing. Yeah, that's good stuff. Main event time, Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. Falls count anywhere. Match for the Intercontinental Championship. We get the superplex, a roll through, a buckle bomb, and then a super kick and the stomp to Dean Ambrose. We get the cover, but no, Bobby Lashley's back. He pulls the leg of Seth Rollins, and he pulls him out of the ring, and he sends Seth into the barricade. He does it twice, then he gives a belly-to-belly to Seth. Then Lashley lifts Seth, and he sends him back into the ring. And we get a bunch of Lashley sucks chants. Lashley then grabs the head of Seth. He lifts, and then he hits his finisher. Lashley's in the corner. He waits. Seth is back up. We get a spear. Then Dean crawls over to Seth, gets the cover. One, two, three. Dean takes his title and leaves, but Lashley isn't done. Leo grabs a table from under the ring and hands it to Lashley. 
Lashley sets it up in the ring as Seth arrives in pain. Lashley grabs Seth and drops him through the table. And that's how this week's Monday Night Raw comes to an end. Out here near our announce table, down in the equipment area. Dean Ambrose now trying to stay away from Rollins. Rollins bounces him off one of the equipment cases. And now Rollins relentless on his attack. Rollins like a man possessed. Ambrose is trying to buy himself some time. Ambrose trying, trying to, to escape everything he can to stay away from Rollins. Throwing chairs and obstacles in Rollins' way as Ambrose now makes his way out of the arena and back into the backstage area here. And Ambrose has brought all this upon himself. There's a good chance you'll be spending the night in the emergency room, Renee. Uh, The only question is, will uh, Dean Ambrose be spending the night with his Intercontinental Championship? Not if it continues like this. Ambrose has mustered no offense at all since the start of this match. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Rollins looking to main Dean Ambrose, who uh, got out of the way just in time. That could have been disastrous. Dean Ambrose might be left a pile of ashes. You better do something quick. Here it comes. Stop to Ambrose. Rollins is going to win the Intercontinental Championship. Into the cover. Wait a minute. Who the hell? Bobby Lashley. Are you kidding me? This night began with a a brawl in the backstage area between Lashley and Rollins. And Bobby Lashley is not forgotten. Anything goes here tonight. Bobby Lashley has attacked Rollins. And this attack may cost Rollins the Intercontinental Championship. This attack is perfectly legal. Ambrose still hasn't moved after the stop. But it doesn't matter. Because Bobby Lashley is decimating Rollins with a spear. Almost cut him in half. And the official can do nothing but watch and then count if Ambrose gets into the cover. Ambrose grabs the leg of Rollins. And Dean Ambrose has retained the Intercontinental title. Here's your winner. And still the Intercontinental Champion, Dean Ambrose. I think this is the kind of attitude that Leo Rush has been trying to get out of Bobby Lashley. Well, he's getting it all right because the almighty Bobby Lashley is hell-bent on making Rollins pay. Sending Rollins to the table. Bobby Lashley establishing himself as a dominant force here tonight and making Seth Rollins pay. Did you enjoy the main event, sir? It was fine. Like I said, at this point, I kind of was done with Seth, with Dean and Seth. I like the backstage stuff. That part was fun. And uh, it was kind of like, oh, okay, this is where we're going with this. Seth is going to win. They're going to play hot potato with the title. And then when Bashi, when uh, Lashley came out, I was like, oh, oh, now it was getting interesting. <laughs> That's where I got excited. I was like, oh, so we're going to do, we're going to move on from Seth and Dean. Thank God. And we're going to do Seth and Lashley. I was like, all right, that's something that I'm sure both of them would love to sink their teeth into. Yeah, we already know how uh, G feels about this match. She's already seen it enough times. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So this was a pretty decent Monday Night Raw. It didn't drag. It started out really good. 
Um, I, I would, you know, I thought it was okay. wasn't anything super special, but the uh, the beginning with them just kind of fighting was very nitroish. It was like, oh, this is kind of fresh. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start fighting starting off. Okay, we can get if that's what's coming in the new Mac McMahon era. All right, I'm good with that. Gotta put some butts in seats. <laughs> <laughs> You can find the WrestleCast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitch Radio, Google Play, and Spotify each and every Friday. So please subscribe, download, rate, and review. Next up, SmackDown time from Jacksonville's Florida. SmackDown starts and Daniel Bryan is in front of the concession stand. He points to it saying that the only concessions being made are to our health and to our well-being. He says, look at ourselves. Look at the people next to us. Are we happy? Are we healthy? How do we feel after we eat this stuff? We are feeling a void. And this is why we cheer for AJ Styles. By cheering for AJ, you feel this empty void in our lives. AJ is exactly like this hot dog. Brian steals a hot dog from a Samoan while his friend nearby eats his very quickly. Brian says, (laughs) once they are done eating, they leave they they leave empty and move on to something else. Brian tosses the hot dog at the guy, and then he comes up to a dude with a cup. He's you know basically talks about how you know we t- we indulge in the you know syrup or whatever out of the plastic straw and the plastic cup, and then he tosses the coke into the fan and screams fickle at him. Brian heads to the merch stand and he asks for a yes movement T shirt. Oh, that's right. There aren't any because it's dead. Why? Because he doesn't want to fill up, <laughs> fill us with this toxic garbage. Oh, but look, AJ Styles garbage, needless consumption, all to make AJ feel like you actually care. Uh, look at this trash, plastic, useless, harming the earth. Brian makes his way to the crowd. He stands high up atop the steps and says that he is out here changing the world. He is making the world a better place, but to create change, he needs us to change. All these people are weak, submissive, and impotent. Each of them are weak. He points at people in the crowd, telling them to change. He is here changing the planet one place at a time. He grabs a poster board that says AJ on it and walks down the stairs with it, saying he doesn't think so. AJ fills a void for about 30 seconds. Brian tears apart that void and he will fill it with something meaningful, valuable, something that all these children can be proud of. He calls the guy at ringside impotent and then he tells him to change it. He says we boo him, but he is changing the planet for the better while all of us change it for the worse. Then out of nowhere, our truth flies on to Brian and he starts beating his ass. Truth attacks Brian and says the ref stops him and holds him back. So this was a very fire segment to start. Oh my off god, right he was now. like a he was like an evil Captain Planet with Ayanya. Ilanya. <laughs> like you're eating this stuff? Not on my watch. It's like, oh okay, sorry, you know what I mean? But I I do like dude that uh that set up there ate the hot dog real quick, like, that's not my hot dog, it's kinda good. They they like bro they like boiled it and then put it put it on the grill. No, you ain't messing with mine. We'll have but to it, give Didi Jonay her props because she called this from the very beginning that he was the 
evil Captain Planet. He was the nemesis from Aquaman. So she was on it from the very first uh, eco-friendly promo that he gave. So shout out to Oh, the Amy. one about the one to Mustafa Ali drive a SUV. Right. Like, yes. How dare you? Right. Like, I think I think even the Planeteers would be like, all right, Captain, you're kind of going a little bit too far. All right, calm down, bro. Yeah, so another good show opening for uh, the main roster this week. Had a lot of good uh, stuff come out of this. Him walking down the stairs, yelling at those dudes, calling them impotent. Change it. That was hilarious. That one dude was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. He's, he, this is what we're going with. This is great. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think Sam was saying the other day, uh, but when they first started with Daniel Bryan being a heel, he was like, I don't know how well he he works as a heel because usually he has somebody else to play off of. But he's doing a pretty good job as a heel. They figured out what he he uh, he's he's about now uh, being a heel. I remember last time it was just him browbeating AJ uh, AJ Lee, and I was like, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be an evil. Captain Planet Occupy Wall Street character. So we do. It is working. Yeah, it is. So we do get the official match: Daniel Bryan versus R Truth. Bryan sends Truth into the corner and gives Truth two kicks to the chest. Bryan runs to the opposite corner and then he hits two running drop kicks to Truth. He goes for a third, but Truth comes out with the spinning forearm. Truth locks up. He goes for a suplex, but he turns into a jawbreaker and a pin for a two count. Truth misses a splash in the corner. Daniel Bryan connects with the running knee. And Daniel Bryan gets the pin. And he gets the win. So, quick little match. But a good showcase for R-Truth. He got a lot of his stuff in. And, uh, you know, good little way to pay off the uh, the little beef that they had uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And I think I saw somebody in live who said, well, why can't we see our troop do this all the time? It's like he's done it before. We've seen it. It's just been a long time. Right. And I think even our our troop said in the interview, he's like, I'm fine with doing either one, you know, entertaining, but you know, I can wrestle too. So he was like, I think after the the run that he had versus Cena, Vince talked him into going back to just the entertaining part. Which, you know, with our truth, you know, you can go both ways with it. He can wrestle his ass off when he when they ask him to, but then he can be entertaining as hell. You know. Daniel Bryan starts to make his way up the ramp, only to be attacked by AJ Styles. AJ beats him down and then he sends a bunch of headbutts into Daniel Bryan. The refs and the uh, agents come out to stop AJ. AJ grabs a chair and goes after Daniel Bryan, chasing him backstage. Security stops AJ, allowing Daniel Bryan to escape. So, AJ trying to get some revenge after Daniel Bryan was talking all that shit to start the start the night. Then we get a tag team match: Rey Mysterio Jr., Mustafa Ali versus Samoa Joe and Andrade Cien Almas. Mr. Keep It a Buck. <laughs> uh, we get this awesome uh, Lucha Libre spot where they do the test of strength and then Ray rolls back and then he's balancing, um, seeing Almas on his feet and then Almas rocks back. But when he rocks back, Ray flips him over and they do a Canadian Destroyer. Oh, that thing was sweet. 
Oh, that was an awesome spot. <laughs> Uh, Joe gets in the ring. He receives a 619 from Ray. Uh, Mustafa Ali hits the 450 splash, but Almas is in the ring and he's still the legal man. Almas knocks Ali down, but Ali sends Almas into the ropes. It looks like Ali flips over the ropes onto Joe. It looks like we're going to get the 619, but nope. Seeing Almas catches Ray, he gives Ray the gut buster, the hammerlock DDT. He covers Ray, and he gets the pin, and seeing Amos and Samoa Joe are victorious. I swear, who would have thought that when 205 Live was doing this thing that Mustafa Ali would be the one to come out of 205 Live and show out? I didn't have that one. Nope. I, I Believe me, I think I had I think I had Jack Gallagher just because of that in the rumble that year that he had the umbrella. I was like, ah, that might be the one or at least Cedric Alexander, but you know, we'll stop by leaving showing out. Yeah. I'm about to drop some knowledge on y'all right quick. I got, it's my new SmackDown six. You ready? Go for it. Ray Mysterio, Mustafa Ali, Samoa Joe, seeing Almas, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. That's a good SmackDown 6. Yeah, That's man. That's really good. You put those six guys up against each other in any combination, or you put those six guys up against anybody else on the roster, you're going to have a hell of a match. Yeah, and seeing almost even, I think they, even though they had him lose against Mustafa Ali, it was a hell of a match. So it's like you just throw, as long as those six are near the title pitcher, either, you know, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a really, really good good show. Right. We have a small interview with Carmella where she says that she is seen as a third wheel in this upcoming match tonight to determine the number one contender for Asuka's SmackDown Women's title. But why? She was a champ for over 100 days. She beat Charlotte Flair twice. She beat Asuka twice. She won the Money in the Bank contract, and in that briefcase was an opportunity and that's all she will ever need. An opportunity. She says that she is everything because Mella is money. Oh, it was fun with her and our truth that little thing for a little bit, but Carmella being going back to Mella is money. That that was fun. She was she was really good in that role of just being, you know, that sort of heel that's kind of a, that's basically an asshole and just it's just make just barely getting the title, just barely keeping the title. So if they can keep her around in that, that'll be that'll be really good. Backstage, the Usos are chilling. They bring up having to beat the bar tonight, and tonight the true tag team is stepping up. Welcome to the Usos Penitentiary. Backstage, Shane is playing on his phone when the Miz comes in, wondering if Shane had anything to do with that. Shane wonders what he's talking about. Miz says the Usos getting a possible shot at the tag team titles. Miz says that he and Shane are the best tag team in the world. Shane says that they are far away from the title picture. Miz says Shane is McMahon and he can just give them a title match. Shane says he won't do that. They have to train, scout, gain confidence, challenge themselves and their competition. Are they on the same page? Miz says yes, yes they are. Speaking of which, has Shane thought about their outfits? Miz is thinking of going with the all-white. Shane takes a fake phone call, leaving the Miz by himself. Rusev, he's in the middle of the ring. He's looking sad. 
He says last week, Lana, his wife, his love, his heart got hurt because of the selfish actions of one man, Shinsuke Nakamura. While Lana is at home resting, he stands before us not as the United States champion. He stands before us not as the Bulgarian brute with the body of a thousand Hemsworth brothers. He stands here before us as a husband. He tells Shinsuke that he can mess with him all he wants, but once he touched his wife, he crossed the line that he cannot come back from. He calls Shinsuke out and says he will break everyone in his body and crush him. Backstage, Shinsuke is chilling in the production truck. He says that Rusev is out there trying to get sympathy, but he is in the truck to prove to everyone that this isn't his fault. It's Rusev. It's Rusev's fault, and we have the proof. We go back to last Tuesday, where Shinsuke kicks Rusev in the head, stomps him in the corner. Lana hops on the back of Shinsuke, and Rusev gives him the Matsuka kick. Shinsuke rewinds it, showing that Lana fell and then hit her head because Rusev super kicked Shinsuke. He tells Rusev that he crushed Lana. Rusev paces the ring, and then he says that if you can't, that if if Rusev if he ain't coming to Rusev, then Rusev will come to Shinsuke. Uh, Rusev rushes up the ramp. And he goes to the back. Rusev wonders where the protection truck is. He starts to make his way out the building, but Shinsuke is there with a big old box to crush Rusev into another box. He then kicks Rusev in the face and stands over him to talk some shit. Shinsuke leaves, then comes back for a nice little knee to face. Uh, that that's I've been waiting for a good rivalry for Shinsuke uh, since he's won the U.S. title. That Jeff Hardy thing was trash to me. Was, you know, somehow Vince just keeps loving on Jeff Hardy. But uh, that's that. I mean, if we're really being honest, kind of on Lana on that one. You know, why are you gonna jump on dude's back? Your husband should. Your husband got it. If we're being really, really honest, as much as Shinsuke was like, it was your fault because you kicked me, even though you didn't know my your wife was on my back. Good story. They'll be able to play it up for a while. It's a personal issue, so they'll be yeah. able to get into it. So hopefully, they'll be able to have a good match and a good payoff eventually when this comes to pass. It's time again for another interview. This time it's Becky Lynch. She claims that tonight she's got to jump through hoops. That no, that no one beat her to have the title run that woke up. The, she had the title run that woke up the industry, and that's okay. Tonight she can do whatever she wants. Charlotte and Carmella are just a formality. Oscar will have to do a lot more than just climb a ladder, and that Oscar is living on borrowed time. Did you see the tweet Becky Lynch sent out about it before? I think a few days before SmackDown, she's like, "See, where's your women's title now?" I was had the U.S. title. It was the hottest thing in the in the world. Now all of a sudden, where is it? And then she, uh, I think it was on her Instagram page or something like that. And she said, "Some people like to rest rescue animals. I like to wrestle title. I like to rescue titles in distress." I'm like, oh, oh, okay, all right. She's yeah. already said, "Oh, you're, you're holding that hostage. You're not doing anything with it." Best promo in the wrestling business right now is Becky Lynch's Twitter account. It is. It really fire. is. I I I still I still say uh, it's a tie between the be- the best one, the one she did to Graves was awesome. Uh, you gotta be more said, specific, sir. Oh, the one she did to Graves where she said, uh, "I'm here to make history. You're just here to commentate on it." 
or comment on it. Yeah, yeah, that's like the first one. That there's another one. I need to find the other one. Oh uh, yeah, then, she, she uh she told. <laughs> so Corey Graves put out a tweet that he walked into his daughter's bedroom and she was playing Becky Lynch's ring music. So Becky Lynch quotes the tweet and says, "Oh." I've sunned her daddy so much. I'm basically her grandma. Oh, I did see that one. I did see that one. That and I, it was that one and the one she threw at Charlotte where she said she uh she was like, oh, when I broke my face, I was out for three weeks, but uh, Charlotte, she was out for a month. But I can't, I I don't know why, but she she cropped the picture where it just showed her her uh Charlotte's breast, and I'm like. Oh, that's just that's just wrong. That's just wrong. <laughs> the Usos in the bar, they're next up. Cesaro goes to the top rope. He dives off right into a super kick. Jay reaches out for his brother. He nearly gets there, but Mandy Rose comes out. She looks to Jimmy and she says she needs help. She wants to know if she left her tiny top. And shorts in his to- in his hotel room. Jimmy seems confused. Seamus takes advantage. He sends Jimmy off the apron. Cesaro hits Jay with the Gotch neutralizer, and the bar get the win. So we'll take a drink for the distraction finish. Thank you, Mandy Rose. Thank you. So after the match, the Miz comes out, and Seamus and Cesaro celebrate. He says to give it up. For the tag team champions, he wants to congratulate the two of them on behalf of he and Shane. They have dominated all the teams but one. He is here to grant them an opportunity of a lifetime. He offers them the opportunity to put their titles on the line at the Royal Rumble. Against the one team they have yet to dominate, the best tag team in the world. Cesaro snatches the mic from Miz. He says he wants them to face a dysfunctional team with daddy issues. He says he wants to consult with his tag team partner. Sheamus hits a bro kick on the Miz, and then Cesaro says they accept. May not Miz colder than the milkshake, boy. <laughs> I swear, anytime, I swear, when he hits that bro kick, I... I know he's learned how to hit it correctly, but good God, he knocked the hell out of Miz with that one. Yeah, he did. Backstage, Mandy is walking around with her buddy Sonya Deville wearing the gold top and the gold pants that she was talking about. So, obviously, she was lying. Oh, Naomi, she ain't having it. She throws him shoes off and she attacks. She even says that she'll take on both of them. So she's out there in the back fighting Sonya and Mandy. Naomi's handling them both for a bit, beating on Mandy for a bit, beating on Sonya for a bit, but then it's just too much and they begin to overtake Naomi. That's when Jimmy comes rushing up to help her, telling Mandy and Sonya to back off. Well, wait, you got it wrong. She already had her shoe off. She was, see, that's one of them things you ain't you don't you ain't gotta get ready if you stay ready you ain't gotta get ready and uh, Naomi was ready she was like I don't even think I saw her she already walked back there had her shoes in her hands 
let's go. Y'all need to catch all of these hands. They caught all of them and a couple more. Because it wasn't for Sonya kicking Naomi, she still would be whooping their ass right now. Yeah, I know a lot of people aren't really enthused about the storyline and, and what they're portraying, but I really like to see uh, Naomi just out here whooping Mandy Rose's ass. It is good shit because it's but so it's believable been, and so real. But it's been a slow burn, and that's the thing that's been cool about it because remember when Naomi and Oscar was hanging out and Mandy tried to grab at uh, – grab at Naomi's hair, Asuka slapped her hand down like, ah, 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 you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna grab on a black woman's hair, but then, but then her, Mandy and, uh, and Naomi have been going at each other for, uh, on Twitter. Like she said something like, Naomi said, uh, something to the effect of, you know, she was, that, uh, Naomi was out there taking Sears pictures, not JCPenney, Sears. She didn't get the Olin Mills ones. She was like, you're taking these Sears pictures all the time uh, instead of learning how to wrestle better. And they've just been going back and forth. And if, you know, all of us could see it except for Maurice, but, you know, that's that's on him. But, <laughs> but yeah, they've been going at it, and it's just now it's going from Twitter to, to on TV. And it's like, oh, okay. But I, I think it's one of those things like uh, I don't remember who you said did, used to didn't like one another, so they hit each other harder. Uh, they Naomi was hitting her. She she had some that was some some feelings from back in the day. She had she had to put some hands on on a blind chick before. Just being honest, she was like, you know what? I, I somebody in high school I needed to whip that ass, and I get to do it now. Yeah, she, that was a good that was a good little uh, minute and a half segment right there. It's Charlotte's turn to talk. She says that Carmella was last year's hottest thing. Charlotte is the hottest thing on Raw and SmackDown the last four years running. She's the seven-time women's champion. She's main evented multiple times, but it's different now. She's not here to prove herself. She's here for her. She's here for her title, and tonight her focus is on Becky Lynch and Carmella. At Royal Rumble, her focus will be on Asuka. Get ready to be humbled by the queen. Backstage, Brian wants to talk about being attacked unprovoked. Why did AJ do that? Because he's trying to change the world, or filling the void he could, or filling the void he never could, or is he doing it because he is the champion and AJ is not? Brian doesn't care why AJ did what he did. What he did tonight was not vicious. It's not half as vicious as what he is capable capable of. But AJ will see at the Royal Rumble. He may see before because he will never 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 take the wwe title away from him because he is fighting for a cause that is bigger than anything that aj has ever fought for his entire life and the new daniel bryan will be wwe champion forever 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 ever <laughs> miss he's backstage holding his jaw shane comes up to him and says this wasn't his plan Miz says that he challenged their competitors. Shane says he didn't mean it like that. Miz says that they have to have the confidence, and Miz does. Uh, he says he is ready and believes in the team, and if they are not testing themselves by going right after the bar, then what are we doing? You know what this could mean to him and his dad? 
This is not how he wanted it to go down. Shane wonders if Miz Shane wonders if Miz really thinks they could win. And Miz says yes, and then they give a fist bump. So it's time for the main event. Becky Lynch, Carmella, and Charlotte Flair. The winner goes on to face Asuka at the Royal Rumble for the women's SmackDown title. Charlotte lands a slap to Carmella. She then applies to figure four and figure eight. Becky then heads to the top rope. She dives off and hits a leg drop on both women. We get a cover for a two count. We get the disarmor to Charlotte. Carmella then kicks Becky in the side of the head. Carmella sends Charlotte to the outside. Carmella locks up, but Becky escapes. We get a spear from Charlotte. Carmella then hits another super kick, and she grabs Becky. Becky then grabs Carmella's arm. She applies a disarmor, and Carmella taps. And Becky Lynch is going on to face Asuka at the Royal Rumble. If this connects, it could be lights out for the queen. Charlotte trying to hold on. Oh, wait a minute. Carmella back into the mix. And rips Becky Lynch off of the turnbuckle and a forearm smash to the queen. Well, Carmella made a career out of being an opportunist. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Trying whoa, to rip whoa. Charlotte Flair at the top. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We have a good power by Charlotte. To... Oh, my God. No, no way. Charlotte Flair. Oh, set for a ride. Carmella into the cover. Oh, a kick out by Flair. How close was that for Carmella? Well, able to gather herself. Watch oh, out, watch no. Becky. Oh, trying to go for the disarmor. Trying to go for the disarmor, and Carmella slowed it down. Actual oh. selection. Shades of SummerSlam. Oh, and a kick by Carmella. Carmella, can she win it? Carmella's going to the Rumble. Cover, and Charlotte Flair broke up the cover. Oh, oh, plenty of spots by the Queen. Plenty of history. Plenty of pent-up frustration. Now the figure four. Trying to go to the figure eight. Charlotte with the Look bridge. Look at the bridge. Look watch at out, the height. Watch out, watch out. Oh, my God. And Becky Lynch with the leg drop. Now Lynch wins the cover. Charlotte able to kick out oh in time. Oh, oh, Becky's got the disorder. Disorder on Flair. It's in. Becky Lynch is moments away from a tap out. Oh, and a kick. Charlotte, pre- or I'm sorry, Carmella preserving her own opportunity, keeping this matchup alive. Perhaps saving Charlotte, the queen. Yeah, Charlotte Flair was maybe seconds away at best from submitting. What a hard-hitting matchup between these three brilliant former champions. Who wants it more? Now Becky Lynch trying to stave off the suplex. Spare! And another kick by Carmella. Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch both down. Can Carmella capitalize? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, trying to rip out the arm. Disarmor. Disarmor by Becky Lynch. Carmella taps. Becky Lynch is going to the Royal Here's Rumble. Here's winner by submission, Becky Lynch. The man now has another opportunity to climb to the top. Two weeks from Sunday at the Royal Rumble event for the first time ever at Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. Becky Lynch gets Asuka for the SmackDown Women's title. I thought that this episode of SmackDown was so good. This is one of the best episodes of SmackDown in a long, long time.
that's why I said that the, uh, when uh, the McMahons were like, we haven't been doing a good job, and SmackDown is like, you know what? I don't know when y'all started speaking French, but we've been putting it down for the past uh, for the past months, you know, months behind. But this one really, this one was an excellent show because it just was like you hit all of the points that you wanted to hit, and it wasn't like we're gonna slow down at any point in time. It, you got everybody's stuff in, you kept storylines going, and it was like, all right, I see where this is going. Okay, good stuff. Yeah, very good stuff. Very good stuff. So. Excellent addition to SmackDown. It just happened to be that, uh, you know, this was the same day as the All Elite Wrestling press conference, which was basically happening right across the street from where SmackDown was taking place. So if AEW's press conference can inspire WWE to produce that type of television just off a press conference, then they've already, you know, helped the wrestling business substantially because that was a hell of a show. You know, supposedly Vince got so salty at it. Uh, I think I saw something on Twitter where they said if someone came in with a Bullet Club shirt, they was basically kicking them out. But one guy had videotaped it, and he was like, "They let me back in," and they, you know, I guess because WWE does check stuff, so I guess they saw a little bit of the backlash, and they let him back in and bought him a WWE shirt if he would wear it and stuff like that. So. Oh, well, yeah, Vince was, Vince was, Vince was feeling away. He was like, oh, really? So you're going to do that across the street? All right, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Last review, NXT. The show opens with Johnny Gargano coming out to cut a promo. Gargano said that success in NXT was measured by wins and championships. And his 2019 would be better because he would become a champion. The crowd started chanting DIY when Gargano mentioned Ciampa. But Gargano stops it and said what happened in the cage match meant nothing. Ciampa is still a piece of trash. But then he mentioned that when Ciampa brought up the idea of facing Ricochet, Ricochet came back at him on Twitter about it. And he told Ricochet that if he wanted the North American Championship, then Johnny then Johnny said that he'd just take it. So that brings Ricochet out, who said if Gargano wanted an opportunity, all he had to do was ask. But question if he was planning to take the title from him face to face or attack him in the parking lot. So they ended up setting up a match for takeover before Chopper comes out. Gargano wanted none to Chopper and told him to leave, but before he could, Aleister Black appeared on the big screen. Aleister Black tells Chopper that he should be more concerned with him than grooming his little dog because he was going to make him fade to black. The lights then go out, and when they come back on, Aleister Black is behind Ciampa. They fought onto the audience tape. They fought, they fought onto the announce table where Ciampa blocked the suplex and managed to escape. Gargano then took advantage of the distraction with a super kick to Ricochet. Oh, this was head on the swivel, Ricochet. <laughs> yes, head on the swivel. That's exactly what I said when I was watching it. <laughs> I was like, "Shout out to Dean." Yeah, I, once they flipped back to him and uh, Ricochet was like looking at the crowd, I was like, oh, watch out, pow. And it was a wrap. He was stretched out in the ring. But uh, this was a really good opening segment. They set up another championship match for uh, TakeOver, and they also advanced the story between uh, Aleister Black and uh, uh, Tommaso Ciampa as well. So great opening for NXT. 
and we get more Champa Gargano because you know that's gonna somewhere along the line is gonna uh, pull back into something. They're gonna face again, and uh, Johnny Gargano might actually win sooner or later down the line if he quit being stupid. <laughs> Next up, it's Bianca Belair versus Nikki Cross. They teased the double count out after Belair dropped Nikki Cross on the stage to escape the sleeper hole. But this time, they both beat the count as this was a callback to um, their last match. They got, um, of course, double count out, no winner. Bianca avoided a crossbody off the top, and then she gets the win with the KOD to remain undefeated. Street. Isn't just me because I I need to go back and watch it. Go ahead. Um, I need to go back and watch it, but I'm trying to see if Charlotte was good at this stage as Bianca is, because Bianca's just she figured she already she knows who she is, and she's getting better and better each time I watch her. It's closer to what Sasha was in NXT. Uh, to to me, Charlotte didn't have the, the presence that she has on the main roster that she has in mm-hmm. that she had in NXT to me, Charlotte got better on the main roster as far as her presence and her swag ability. Bianca Belair already has the swag ability. She's just learning how to wrestle and that's going to be the easy mm-hmm. part because she's a great athlete. True. That, uh, that, uh, military press to, uh, stand in, to stand in moonsault, that move, my God, that, it's, it's just, you just watch that and it's like. You're watching the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all, know how, y'all know how I feel about Minky. She's got all the tools to be possibly the greatest that's ever done it. So hopefully she doesn't get hurt and she avoids some bad booking and uh, she can see her potential. Yeah, because they did a, I don't know if you read it, it, they did an article on her on Undefeated's website, and they were talking about why she stopped doing CrossFit. It's something, it's like a disorder that she has with like her ribs or something like that with her side. And I was like, as I'm reading it, they said she that's why she stopped doing CrossFit, but she's figured out how to deal with it in wrestling. And I, as, they, as I'm reading this, I'm like, oh my God. Because if you read it, it sounds painful as hell. So the street profits, but she she oh. doing it. Yeah, yeah, she is. She's 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 the best. And Charlotte says she want to wrestle. Yeah, Charlotte says she want to wrestle her on the main roster. Everybody wants to. They'll get their chance. Just don't rush her. Let her <laughs> let her keep marinating. The street profits. They're outside. They're cutting a the promo. They're talking about in 2019 that there will be no more locked doors and they're going to be opening all the doors until they become NXT Tag Team Champions. Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel versus Hector Kuzman and Stanley Watts. Barthel catches Watts and puts him away with a powerbomb throw by Eichner into a German suplex by Barthel. Uh, This was a really cool match. The underneath guys... The Jabber guys were some like cruiserweight high flying guys, so this match had a really good pace to it. And Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel were also doing some pretty cool tandem. Fabian Eichner can actually be a champ. No, 
You think he could be a champion? Like IC yeah. champ? US champ? I see. Okay. Because he... Because right now he, because we already saw him in the cruiserweight, and he all he did was put on weight and not a ton of weight. It's like pure muscle at this point. He all he can he can fly, he can wrestle. So yeah, he could be an IC champ. So could Montez Ford. So if we're being honest, the reporter Kathy, she's outside. Announcing Ciampa and Black had been removed from the building because of their altercation earlier tonight. Kathy then noticed Ricochet was walking out and asked him about what happened earlier uh, between him and Johnny Gargano. Ricochet said that he wasn't going to stop until he got his match with Johnny Gargano and that Gargano had super kicked all the respect he had for him away. We get a recap of Matt, Whittle, Matt Riddle's win over Cassius Ono last week. Uh, and Ono's post-match attack. Sarah interviewed Keith Lee about it, calling Ono's attack unsettling, and then Keith Lee challenges Cassius Ono to a match next week. That's actually be pretty good. That that'll be fun. I, I you know I I hadn't heard of Keith Lee before they signed him because when I when I can catch up with the Indies, I try to. And one of the first mat the first match that popped up on YouTube was Matt Riddle versus Keith Lee, and I watched both of them. I'm like, oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do well, even though Matt Riddle still kind of creeps me out with the, the uh, sandals thing. That's you that, see a, that creeps the hell out of me. If you want to see a pretty cool Matt Riddle match, watch. Search Matt Riddle versus Minoru Suzuki no rope grappling match. Wait, wait, no rope grab. I'm looking for that now. Yeah, they did it over like like over the WrestleMania weekend last year. And I just found it. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. It's main event time. It's EC3 versus Adam Cole, baby. Uh, it ends when the Undisputed Era, they get involved, or they try to get involved, and EC3 is getting rid of them one by one. But Adam Cole capitalizes on the distraction with the super kick, and then he hits the last shot, and Adam Cole, baby, gets the win. After the match, the Undisputed Era, of course, they jump EC3 until the War Raiders come down and make the save. Hanson took out Roderick Strong and O'Reilly on his own before Raymond Rowe hit a dual front slam and powerbomb to Roddy Strong and Bobby Fish, leaving Kyle O'Reilly all by himself to take Fallout. And that is how NXT ended this week. It's good to see the War Raiders back. They hadn't been on TV because of injuries since TakeOver War Games. And, uh, so the tag team match, it looks like it's going to be set. War Raiders versus Undisputed Era at Royal Rumble for the NXT tag team titles. That should be pretty fun. Oh, that whole card is going to be fun. Now we have Ricochet Gargano. That's going to be a hell of a match. War Raiders. I, I for some reason, think Undisputed Era is going to lose. Just because I'm sure they want them to move up soon. Yeah, it's gonna and be. To a, Raiders, it wouldn't be bad. It's gonna be interesting to see how this show is booked uh, when it comes to that, considering you know who's on the card and and what's going to happen. But 
Yeah, I can't wait to see Binky versus uh, Shayna Baszler. We'll be looking forward to that match on the takeover. So maybe Binky can get her first NXT title run. That'll be awesome. Can can they have like a long title run with with her? And I don't know who they got coming up now at this point um, after her because I'm sure they're gonna do. I don't know if they did the Zane. Dakota Kai and uh, Shirai match with uh, the MMA bras. No, not uh, yet. I'm sure that's coming. Yeah, so, it's, it's coming at some point, but they haven't done it yet. Haven't done it yet. But that would be fun. We 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 might actually. I was thinking about this earlier because somebody's like, "How many black champions have there been in WWE?" Which is like The Rock and you know, other, I I count Mark Henry's. That just is what it is. Uh, as a world title reign, but you got all of these folks coming up. You got you got uh, Binky coming up. You got Keith Lee coming up. You got all of all of hell Ricochet coming up and Velveteen Dream. I, I I for some reason I don't see them ever letting Velveteen Dream getting like a world title reign. I, they're probably he might be like. That uh, Miz Jericho sort of thing where they stay about intercontinental. They, he might get one title run, but that'll be about it. But it could be a bunch of black champions in the next 10 years or so. Yeah, five that, years, maybe? Yeah, five. There's a lot of good talent out there right now, young talent as well. So, like I said, as long as they don't get injured and don't trip over bad booking, um, sky's the limit for a lot of people. A lot of people. But before we go, Kwan, let's give the people a preview of what they're going to see before uh, on Saturday as NXT UK is going to have their first overtake, their first ever takeover event from Blackpool, England. Uh, we're going to get Travis Banks versus Jordan Devlin. We're going to get Eddie Dennis versus Dave Mastiff in a no disqualification match. We're going to have Mustache Mountain versus the Grizzled Young Veterans for the NXT UK Tag Team Championships. We're going to have Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm for the NXT UK Women's Championship. And Pete Dunne will face off against Joe Coffey for the WWE United Kingdom Championship. So this event will be taking place at 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, January the 12th. Uh, you can use the hashtag God Save the Cast. To share your commentary with color with the host and fans of the WrestleCast. We definitely appreciate it. This should be a pretty fun event. I'm looking forward to Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm because you know who I want to win. Shout out to my <laughs> Forever Young cast co-host, Moto, Miss Jupiter Julep, and Miss V. Well sleep though. So looking forward to this. Looking forward to the live tweet. The European show is hard to keep up with just because they release it two episodes at a time and uh, I just don't have that much time in my days but I'm looking forward to just sitting down in front of this takeover taking it all in and uh, you know just being wild and saying ooh and ah about you know some of these guys because I know Mustache Mountain versus Grizzly Young Veterans is going to be a hell of a match I'm, I'm excited I'm excited for the Ripley's Storm match but I'm really, really excited to to watch Pete Dunne and and Coffee because I watched Coffee in a match uh, maybe about a month ago and I was like he hits like a brick 
and it seems like him and Dunn will go at it and just, you know, one of those things, it seems like they're those two are one of those, you hit me hard, ooh, we can have fun and knock the hell out of one another. So that's going to be a fun one. All right, so at this time, Quintessential R, I'll turn it over to you, man, for your shout-outs and thank yous. All right, shout-out to my cousin John, my uh, my wrestle partner. We'll sit up there, and he has my other login for WWE Network. Uh, my friend Chris in Phoenix that we were supposed to go to the Rumble just couldn't work out because, you know, money gets funny. Uh, shout-out to... Uh, to, uh, to young Littlefoot because she just put a banger shirt out there, I think yesterday uh, off of Sasha Banks's uh, line. So go check that out. Uh, where it says, I only stand in line for the bank. So I got that as a wallpaper on my phone now. So um, shout out to just the whole Rasselcast live tweet um, because Believe me, I thought I was the only black wrestling fan out there. And y'all, every time I just go, oh, I missed out on live tweets and things like that. Sometimes when I'm working and stuff like that, I'll just go back and read the tweets and feel like I watched it. So I, I just want to thank y'all. And shout out to Greg for being here. Shout out to to Sam. I'm We'll, we'll link back up together soon. And, and shout out for Don for inviting me. Well, thank you for joining us this evening, Quintessential R. I want to give you a big thank you for coming on the show once again. Always one of our favorite guests here on the WrestleCast. Give a shout-out to our SmackDown Matters correspondent who couldn't be with us this week, Miss Didi Jonay. Give a shout-out to Greg for joining us as always. Shout-out to Sam. Hopefully he's doing well out there. Shout-out to everybody here on the CSPN. Please continue to support all the podcasts here on the network. You can also get some extra content that can't be found on our normal feed over on patreon.com forward slash CSPN media. So you can get Quintessentials show with Sam where they go back and review the Monday night war era nitros and raws. Uh, we call that the WrestleCast red and black. So there's episodes of that up on the Patreon. You also get the dark match, which is basically a pre-show conversations that we have here uh, on the WrestleCast cast a strong style where we may have a topic or we just may be, you know, talking about things that happen in real life going back and forth. But it's just exclusive content there over on the Patreon page that you can listen to. If you become a backstage pass uh, member, that's like $3 a month, I think, for that tier. And uh, there's videos and all kinds of things over there on the Patreon page. So please support the CSPN Patreon page. Um, support our sponsors over on cspn.us and continue to download rate and review if you're on iTunes and tell a friend to subscribe if they're into pro wrestling tell people about the live tweets we definitely appreciate everybody who supports the live tweets each and every week definitely entertaining helps keep me awake a lot of Mondays especially because that last hour is rough but I know my live tweet people are going to have gifts and memes that will you know keep me awake and interested in what's going on at least on twitter if i'm not interested in what's going on on my television so thank you to y'all each and every week thanks to the glow all the wrestle bays j to the max uh, i'm still thinking about you sorry about your loss but you got a good team and maybe next year so for quantum central r for magnum prime 
I'm Don DeLorente. This has been episode 219 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. Rhonda, tell us about your exceptional year and what's next for you. Well, um, this year has been extraordinary. It really has. But um, as the Raw Women's Champion, I really want to look forward and not back. And, well... I want to be a champion you guys can all be proud of. And in order to do that, I need to chase after my limits with a vengeance. And there's one woman who's pushed everyone in that locker room to their absolute limit in that ring. I'm talking about someone with more athleticism in her little finger than Charlotte Flair has in her whole body. I'm talking about a woman with a more harrowing story with Becky Lynch. I'm talking about a woman that that puts my love for this business to shame because she is this business. I'm talking about the real Cinderella story, the real Rocky Balboa of the women's division. I'm talking about the unsung hero of Monday Night Raw, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks? I thought you were talking about me. music am i right should we all leave leave and have you and sasha have like a moonlight dinner or something sounds like somebody's got a girl crush on sasha bay aren't you forgetting about somebody i mean i know you'd like to forget about me but we have some unfinished business now look at tlc i wasn't my best but that was way back in 2018 and i'm like new year new me right right she knows I'm right. Seth Rollins is getting a rematch tonight. I think I'm entitled to my rematch as well. When am I going to get it? Wow, Rhonda, I am beyond extremely honored for those amazing kind words. And you're absolutely right. It is better to look ahead and not back. And I am standing right here in front of you saying that I would love to face you for the Raw Women's Championship. Because it will also be my absolute pleasure to teach you how to lose with dignity and class. Wait, hold up. Excuse me. Excuse me. There is a 300.5 ounce Samoan standing right in front of you that could rip your face off. No, 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 no. I could break your face. So why don't you get in line? What line? I am the line. It's right there. There's a ring right in here, and I will face you right now. Winner faces Rhonda. Hell yeah. Oh, you gotta love it. You gotta love the attitude from the boss. I can't wait to watch the boss get her face broken. Well, come on, Naya. What are you waiting for?